0: Brazil. When you hear the word Brazil, what comes to mind? Social and racial equality, Formula One champions of old, a fantastic volleyball team of Olympic quality, coffee, sunny places and pleasant beaches, paradise on earth. What if I told you that there's a different story behind the country? that so many people find to be paradise on earth. Well, let me tell you a different story, a kind of story that you won't hear about or read about in any history book. This is a very touchy subject by many people, Um, going back into history and discussing the origins of of the country and um, how racism came to be a structural fact in this country. Well just to put it in perspective and um, beginning with the discovery, the official discovery of the land in 1500, um, that fact was preceded some 50 years earlier. 47 to be precise, by the issuance of a letter uh, to Prince Henry, who was the ruler of Portugal. And this letter was written by Gomez de Zurara. Now the document was named the Chronicle of the Discovery of Guinea. And in that document Gomez de Zurara officially justified uh, systemic racism based On the color of the skin by affirming that the African man um, was inferior to the white man or the Western man. If you want to read more about it you can find it in Ibram Kendi's book, Stamped from the Beginning. You can find more on on this subject but this just to precede the fact that the country when the country was created um, racism, institutional racism, um, as an official um, government policy, was already in place, and not just any kind of slavery, because all throughout history, we we know that there have been slaves of many colors and ethnicities and races, if you like, and um, all throughout the Roman Empire and and other empires along history, and the the, the biggest difference here is that these. Former slaves or these slaves they, they there was always a chance that they might acquire their um, their rise to the condition of free man, and some of them would even become slave owners. It seems like it's an inherent um fact of the human nature that when you win a war you you like to take the the the, the spoils and along with that you you make slaves so um, peoples of all different nationalities have been enslaving each other for, for ages. Uh, I was going to say had been enslaving, but um, slavery is not a foregone fact. It's not a, it's not a, a finished uh, work yet. Um, there's people still fighting against racism all over the world. But anyway, so Brazil is created, and, sorry, is discovered, and the portuguese come over and they establish um these smaller provinces and they award them to um rich people and the idea is to um raise sugarcane which was the the staple of the of the of the time and they used initially they needed labor and portugal has always been a country with with very few people so they needed to um, use the local uh, local f- workforce which at the time were indigenous people of many tribes and nationalities and, and languages. And it seems like uh, historically th- there was a thwarted attempt to actually uh, use these these indigenous people because either they they had a sort of a free spirit or they couldn't withstand the, the treatment or they just um, couldn't survive. Uh, contact with the with the white man and all the diseases that, that he would bring along, so they decided to resort to importing people, um, slaves, people whom they would enslave, and based upon uh, Gomez de Zarara's document, the chronicle of the discovery of Guinea, they felt um, they felt empowered to do so by bringing slaves or sorry. Bringing African nationals, and, and I'm talking Africa doesn't didn't exist as a, as, a, as a sole entity. There were many nations and many tribes, but they called it Africa, and they made this man an African um, after the name of a an entire continent. And these people would be brought in from places as Angola, Mozambique, or Nigeria, or so many places in Africa. And they would be brought over to work as slaves. And um, these were the conditions that we find Brazil in by the time that uh, the country reaches independence in 1822, uh, when Prince um, Pedro, uh, the first uh, heir to the throne of Portugal, uh, decides to to institute uh, an independence from the Kingdom of Portugal. Now, we must remember that um, King Don Juan VI had escaped Napoleon in 1806 or 1808 and he actually um, fled Europe because Napoleon was, was um, gaining in on all the countries, was, was conquering all the countries in, in Europe and he established the Kingdom of Portugal and Algarve in, in Brazil. So he brought the whole court with him, and it was not until 1816, I think it was, that the Portuguese court decided to um, ask for his return, which he did, and he left uh, the prince, uh, Pedro. He would become Pedro I in Brazil once he declared independence. Uh, but he would later have to take over the Kingdom of Portugal because Don Juan also died and, and this very same Prince Pedro I or the Emperor Pedro I became or would become uh, Pedro IV in Portugal. And he left his son uh, Pedro II who was then a mere child uh, and there was a regency installed and this man grew up, would grow up to be a, a sage, speaking many languages, and being becoming a scientist and Egyptologist. But he still he couldn't um, manage to end slavery. Um, it was not until 1888, when all the other countries in the world had already um, abolished slavery, that his daughter, Princess Isabel, um, at a time when he, when Pedro II was traveling to Egypt, I guess, uh, that she decided to edit a law called the Lei Aurea, which is the golden law. And she wrote just a couple of sentences, you know, all slaves are declared free men and uh, all, all um, it, it, we revoke any disposition to the country. There was no letter of actual, no wording there that would actually grant the black people any restitution or any reparation. So, these people were freed one day, and the next day they became um beggars or or peasants whatever they, they they had no right to land they they couldn't do anything so we had a situation where one day the guy was a slave the next day he had to knock on his former owner's door and actually ask for you know beg for food or for some menial job for which we have no certainty that he was paid. But anyway, that is the situation. And it must be noted that a year after the abolishment of slavery, um, there was a revolt led by the military and backed by the agriculturalists who were the slave owners. And they decided that um, enough was enough and that the kingdom must fall and a republic must be instituted. And this is what happened on November 1889. So our history, our republican history, begins with a a military coup. And um, we've had plenty of coups ever since then. But the fact of the matter here is that um, Brazil was always a breeding ground, not only for racism, but also for any sort of fascist, Ideology. Um, we we've had a, a serious we had a serious issue back in 1943 or 44 when we it, it was the height of the Second World War and the Brazilian uh, president Vargas um, he couldn't make up his mind which side to enter whether he should win, join the Allies or whether he should join the Axis. Um, with the Germans, the Italians, and the Japanese. So we had to negotiate. There was a long negotiation process with the Americans, and they promised him a steel mill and a lot of other benefits. And he decided to join the Americans uh, and actually participate in the Second World War. Uh, Brazil had already participated in the First World War with one naval battalion. This is something that not many people are aware of but this battalion didn't fare very well because they were affected by the, the Spanish flu at the time. And during the Second World War, Brazilians were mostly involved in the conquest or reconquest of Italy. And there are um, many symmetries over there with a lot of um, Brazilian, so sold- dead soldiers. Um, anyway, so th- this is the situation we face and there was always a sentiment that the black man um, who had gone from slavery to total misery and no deal of, no no great perception of equality that the black men suffered, This suffering was compounded by the fact that rather than grant the freed men and women with land in which they could cultivate and um, actually start to make a living, uh, the government decided to whiten the population and decided to open vast swaths of land for European settlers. Um, at the time, we had not only European, but we would later have also Af- um, Japanese um, workers uh, coming over to Brazil. So, we ha- we're, a- we're a land of many um, nationalities because of this. We have um, Ukrainians in the south, we have- we've had Germans in the south also, and uh, Italians uh, also in the southeast. So we, we invited um, foreigners, uh, people who were suffering, uh, sometimes suffering in their own land due to some kind of crisis, to come over and actually populate the land rather than grant land to the, to the black people. Um, also, this, is, this was something that was similarly done in, in Argentina, our neighboring country. Uh, the government also decided to, to whiten uh, the Argentinian population. This is something you can also research on the internet. But a surprising thing is that the tango, uh, the, the, the music that so many people love all over the world, the tango was primarily uh, a result of um, a, a, the, the candomblé, uh, or candomblé music of the black people. So they mixed it up with, with milonga and with a, with a host of other elements. And they they came up with Tango, but the, the, the mere fact that it came from Candomblé actually denotes that there was a black population there. And if you go and search it on the Internet, you will discover that the government also decided to send these people into the hinterlands or actually send them to wars. And the Argentinian government was bent on actually whitening the population, which they succeeded. Somehow they succeeded, but... This, this was done in Brazil um, also, uh, but primarily there was always an undertone where the black man is not considered equal. And this was felt throughout our culture. Um, we, we have a record of um, former, what they would call um, national children's festivals, where they would have these championships where pictures were taken of young children Uh, I'm talking about the 50s and 60s and they would exhibit these pictures and actually judge um, who were the most pretty children and it was usually um, a racial um, segregation thing with only the white kids being portrayed as the most beautiful but also um, in the 1930s 1940s um, when Germany had Nazism, and, and Italy had Fascism. Brazil had its own brand of, um, of Fascism, which was called in- Integralism. And um, when the government decided to join the, the Allies in World War II, the reigning ideology was Integralism, and they were outlawed as soon as Brazil joined the Allies. So we had um, a, a, a penchant for actually um, going the way of fascism, which is which has been pervading this this country for a long time. But anyway, um, this is um, this is how we find Brazil in the in the 60s and, and 70s, and also during those times when they had these uh, these festivals. Uh, they would choose, um, there was a new eugenic movement going on. I think it was the 1937 constitution that actually talked about eugenics and improving the race. So we, we had this in our constitution and this didn't die away when, when we started having television and uh, we started making these now world famous soap operas, the so-called novellas. The the cast was an all white cast, and every time you turned on the television, all you'd see were, were white people, and 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 you could for a second be mistaken that you were in Sweden or Norway, because uh, all the the black characters uh, were would either be drivers or or maids or some historic depiction of a slave era in which they needed the the, the black actors and and um at the time when when Morgan Freeman was already playing president in many blockbuster movies um we we didn't didn't even have a politician um elected um for for council or for the lower house or the senate that was black so it took a long time and throughout the the population you could see little signs you know like you have these uh, buildings with a social elevator and a service elevator. Now, the service elevator was destined for, for the black people and, 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 and the black uh, help. And um, you, you also had these, um, what they called, these um, confirmations. You know, like um, you could use Pele as an example. You could use Pele as a sort of an affirmative gesture. Say, no, look, there's no racism. Um, look look at Pele. Pele being um, the world's best football player, uh, considered athlete of the year, athlete of the century in, in 1985, I think it was. And they would say, look, he's famous, he's successful, he's rich. Yes, and he's the only one as well. So we've had this... 45 to 51, 52 percent of the black population or non white population, which was never represented on television or any other time, except during the time of Carnival, when um, television would broadcast these um, Carnival floats uh, festivities um, on Sunday of Carnival and Tuesday, sorry, Mon- Sunday and Monday of Carnival. Preceding um, Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras, so that was when you you had the black uh, people on television, and then you'd have um, close-up scenes of scantily clad uh, mulatto women, um, and, and 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 this is something else. Um, the the very word mulatto um, is is something that has now considered politi- politically incorrect because mulatto comes apparently from the word mule which was a crossing of a horse and a donkey and this is usually a sterile creature but they used uh, a word that's applied to animals to actually refer to humans a uh, mixed race humans so there is a tendency to always have this language this this hidden innuendo in the language uh, people are uh, Caught talking about um, you're a black man with a white soul, or this tomorrow is is white man's day when they're talking about Monday. So there's there's lots of uh, nuances in the language. Um, it this things are looking black. In, in, if you translate this into Portuguese, it means things are looking difficult, hard, or or sketchy. So there was a there was a trend to actually have. Um, Racism, deeply indented into the language. Now, when it comes to um, football, which is um, the favorite, favorite sport of the land. Um, in, and Brazil considers itself the land of football, even though we have Charles Muller to thank for that. Um, initially, um, black players were not allowed to play in teams because uh, football teams were the preserve of the... These were really social, uh, select social clubs, which didn't admit non-whites. Non-whites would usually be the waiters or the cooks, So you couldn't have a black footballer because that would mean that he belonged to a club. So we had, um, I think it was one of the local teams here at Vasco, I think it was, that actually was the first one to actually allow for black players. And it took a long time for players to actually be admitted. And there's there's a folklore here that talks about a, a football player belonging to a local team here. A guy was called Friederich. I think he was of German um, descent. He was he used to uh, put on um, makeup and uh, white makeup. And every time it rained or, or he got things got sweaty, uh, things would would the, the, the makeup would start dripping and uh, people would start uh, shouting it's 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 uh, pudhise it's uh, rice powder so uh, the team would eventually be associated with uh, with the with the rice powder or pudhise so th- this is this is something that just goes to show that um segregation uh, was done in a very intelligent manner because it was centered on the fact that you had to separate people socially if you had the money you could participate but you couldn't have the money because you didn't have the the education which wasn't um it wasn't allowed it wasn't given to you because your parents and your grandparents had been slaves um there's we had many uh, footballers ever since uh, who were black players and also white players um, but um, the military was also a, a different preserve. Um, the officialdom was, was kept for white people. Uh, there was a former candidate for the office of president in the, in the 50s who was famous for barring Negroes from the Air Force. And, and this was a sentiment that was still prevailing uh, back in the 70s and 80s. Um, I, I do believe things may have changed now. But um, at that time, people were still discussing what could be done to actually change that, but to no avail, because that that was the time of a military dictatorship, and there was no uh, cutting against the grain. And this, this all goes to show that there is a, there's a suppressed discussion in the land, um, because people would not admit that racism ever existed. Um, people will, would, and still do, uh, contend that um, this this is a land of opportunity. That there's no such thing as racism. That um, they they have they usually appeal to the fact that they have a black friend or that their great grandfather was was black, and um, this is this is a natural way to go without actually solving the problem, which 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 still remains uh, being how do you solve a problem that is never mentioned that you, you keep mum about all the time. So um I would say that you you can forget segregation or apartheid because this is a totally different system and I think this is one of the most intelligent systems there ever was because it is it is undiscussed it is unmentioned and it remains un, un, unresolved and going back to the to the issue of slavery which lasted for 400 years when the country was but well, when the first Portuguese arrived, um, they were they, they found a lot of uh, nations there, and they and they, they likened them to Indians, and most of those are are, are now extinct. There were there were Guaranese, there were Tupis, Chucamahans, Caiobas, Guajajaras, Copenal Yanomami, Ashaninkas, and so many other uh, nations. Uh, mostly extinct. Um, It's believed that 30 million natives existed here so to speak of genocide would not even begin to explain what happened here Um, because they had no resistance to the virus. um, Some of them would would rather, uh, some of them died and others would, would rather, as I mentioned before, would rather die than be enslaved and The Portuguese did resort, as I also mentioned, to trafficking Africans to work in the sugar plantations and other related activities. And to assuage their Christian conscience, they relied on the theories of um, Gomes de Zurara until Princess Isabel signed the edict that actually provided for their freedom, um, which would lead to the fall of the empire a year later. And in order to ensure that agricultural labor did not suffer Uh, The powers that be decided upon an immigration policy to usher in Europeans from low-faring economies. Polish, Ukrainians, Dutch, German, Italian, even Japanese were lured under a promise of milk and honey and most settled in the southern mild-weather regions of the country. Uh, This immigration also served as a double-edged purpose as the governments wanted uh, and, and hoped to ethnically whitewash the population by the end of the 20th century. This never happened and the ethnicity population split is now 51-49 in favor of non-whites. This is how we find the nation in 2021 and um, some would say that another kind of genocide is happening um, because of of the pandemic and discussions are still going on as to what racism is and what it means Uh, we have writers like Jamila Ribeiro who is a master in, in political philosophy um, and she's a writer of many books on feminism and, 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 and the issue of blackness. And she talks of racism as a structural thing and how people um, actually don't believe that following uh, a system of patriarchy that we developed into a system of slavery, um, which is a system that creates privileges uh, to the detriment of social groups, and an inequality is kept, and it is impossible not to see the racism because this inequality is what organizes the the society. Um, there's many manifestations of this racism. You can see black women as maids. Um, you can see people working in, in 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 the agriculture sector, and there's there's talk of people who actually work for um for lunch or for dinner Um, and sometimes police will bust uh, some farms and discover that they still have slaves in there so uh, it's it's something that is akin to an unresolved problem which which needs to be perceived and which um, smacks of um, some kind of a invisible sentiment because if you don't feel it, it doesn't really exist. I mean, just to give an example, I, I sympathize with a lot of what's going on around the world and I know that people are suffering all over the world, but I, if I don't feel it, if it's not close to me, I won't I won't um, be able to help or maybe it won't mobilize me. And this is what happens with racism in Brazil. Um, people don't see it, don't want to see it. Some people are are grateful that they They belong to a different ethnicity or race and um, that sort of uh, ignorance is also part of the problem. There was an article in a local newspaper today by a white economist asking that the government consider vaccinating black people first. Uh, I understand that the article was well-intentioned because the author was outlining how statistically black people seem to suffer more due to COVID But the way the article was written, it reminded me of a racist sentiment because he made it sound like all the pizza delivery boys or the Uber Eats boys are black people, which is not true. So even though there's some that would have the best of intentions, sometimes the racial undertone may slip by undetected. So I think the issue requires uh, a total understanding and and a lot of education on the part of many. And the opening up of the um, television and other outlets to actually discuss the issue and permit a wider participation of black people, it it is now a closed market. Television is a closed market to um, black people, black actors. Um, their, part- their participation is, is minuscule. So it has to be a drive by society to actually change things. And until such time as people can see themselves reflected in, in, the, black, uh, in the black mirror, in the, in the screen of their television sets, or in the screen of their laptops or smartphones, um, the awareness will not reach a critical point so as to allow for a total change. So this is what's required, uh, that we reach a critical point by means of a self-awareness or or a better social awareness. And I hope that things can improve and we have um, a further issue added to to the struggle, which is the survival of the country during the pandemic. So, Good luck to us all.